The Irish are riding high after a dominating win over Stanford last Saturday, but tonight Notre Dame must conquer something they have not been able to conquer in quite some time, win on the road in a hostile environment against a top 25 team. The last time the Irish were in this situation with so much on the line, they were crushed at Miami. So will tonight be an encore of that or the next step towards this team potentially cementing itself in the Irish history books? Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Fall like temperatures in the air in South Bend, and we have a top 10 showdown under the lights. Well, at Virginia Tech. I have my uh, wrong open printed out here, Kevin, so we're just going to wing this beginning because I somehow am looking at my intro to Notre Dame and Stanford coming up for last week, but that was a big win. I don't know how I managed to do that, but welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. And uh, we're also presented by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one-hour full-body workout. So uh, Notre Dame did beat Stanford last week, but it is fall-like temperatures here in South Bend. And, of course, uh, the big game coming up tonight on the road at Virginia Tech as the Irish look for a, a, a huge victory, uh, a much-needed victory um, on the road in Blacksburg at Lane Stadium, Notre Dame's first-ever trip there. And, uh, you know, the Irish are 5-0. and Virginia Tech is 5-0, and or 3-1, and excuse me. Uh, that lost to Old Dominion, we can't forget that. But they're they're ranked in the top 25 despite that loss. And this is a really big game for, for Notre Dame here tonight, isn't it? Definitely. I think, uh, you know, it's really smart of Brian Kelly to, to bring up that, well, and maybe the media brought it to his attention, but to have kind of a focus and something that you can work on with that road uh, record, and like you said, last year with that um, play with the uh, turnover chain in Miami, I mean, that was a hostile environment, and they kind of fell apart, but it helps keep their focus. So, you know, a lot of times when your team is rolling, and I mean, let's be honest, that win against Stanford was really good, and you don't want that kind of hangover effect where they're still feeling great about the Stanford win and aren't ready for the next uh, move. It'll be a hostile environment, and I, I honestly think there's going to be a lot of challenges kind of in hidden areas. So like the special teams, Virginia Tech is known uh, for years of their special teams power. And Notre Dame's first ever trip to Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia, considered one of the most hostile environments in the country. Enter Sandman, a tradition since 2000 to welcome the Hokies to the field. Uh, the entire stadium is on their field, absolutely rocking. That building will be shaking tonight at 821 at kickoff. Well, you and I talked about what if you're inside the locker room and all your walls are shaking and everything's going crazy. It's going to be intense. But the good news for Notre Dame fans and for Notre Dame is that you're going to get their attention. They're going to be awake, alert, and ready. Notre Dame was embarrassed at Miami last year, 41-8. to Brian Kelly admits his team wasn't ready for that atmosphere. I don't think I even handled it the, the right way and giving them enough information about the situation, um, you know, I can't be caught off guard, and and maybe I was the one that was caught off guard because I didn't prepare them the right way. It's something uh, we're really focusing on. Obviously, we've had a bad taste in our mouth since Miami. Um, it was a really hostile environment, and we weren't prepared. And um, you know, this week we're really focusing on that, and you know, we want to go in there and just act like it's another away game and 
get the W and come home. So we've been focused on it all week. Um, it's, it's about our competitive nature. It's about, you know, wanting to be the better team in a stage like that. You know, you want everybody to be going against you. You want everybody to be screaming at you. You want bottles thrown at your bus and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, so that you can, you know, prove very wrong. Have everybody shut up. That's Brian Kelly, Ian Book, and Troy Pride Jr. on playing in the hostile environment tonight. Uh, Notre Dame blasted Enter Sandman uh, throughout the week at practice, had the crowd noise going. You know, that's the best you can do. They said they've been preparing for moments like this with chaos periods for seven months. But, Kevin, you were a coach. Uh, you were a grad assistant at Ball State as well. You've probably been to some pretty big hostile environments during your time there. Um, you can't really simulate that in practice can you you no, can try you, you can try and i mean the inner sandman repeatedly that that'll be good that'll get the guys really focused and you kind of lose your your mind with that constant loud noise the big thing i think with that hostile environment you can simplify a defense and make the defensive calls really plain so that you can just line up and be aggressive and kind of lock out and play your own game. But where it affects you is on offense, um, and especially now with this new whole no-huddle uh, fast play calls, there's a lot of different ways to get the plays in. So they can do it by numbers. They can do it by hand signals, by colors. They got the signs. Um, but one of the things that uh, actually helps this offense go is that they use a lot of words or one-word things, and if the left tackle or right tackle can't hear the quarterback say the one word that changes the play, that's where some of it can get sloppy. All right, Notre Dame is 1-9 and nine in their last 10 road games against ranked opponents. That one win was against Temple out of all, uh, out of all schools. Virginia Tech, though, here's the crazy part about the stat. We talk about the hostile environment in Blacksburg and everything, and it is. It's rocking. You will see that when you tune in uh, to the game tonight. Uh, you will see how loud it gets, especially in that pregame. But Virginia Tech has not won at home against a ranked team since 2009. They're 0-6 since then. Now, they played Ohio State. They played Clemson. So it's not like cupcake teams during that time frame. But 0-6, there's a good nugget for Notre Dame fans to, to say, all right. Maybe maybe this is not as big of a problem as we hoped. Well, and again, it's <laughs> you'd rather be more prepared than not prepared for the environment. So it's really smart of Brian Kelly to make this uh, an issue and a focus to help them uh, be ready for it because you'd rather be ready and then not need it than unprepared. Some players were asked this week, uh, all right, so do you guys hate Enter Sandman by now that you've heard it so many times? And I love the, the response some gave. They said, no, I love the song. It's great. We can't wait to hear it. Hey, why not embrace it? Instead of saying, <laughs> I hate this and everything, if, if you go the opposite route and go, yeah, it's pumping me up too. That That's not a bad way to, to go about it, right? Oh, Channel yeah. that energy in the correct way. Whatever works. I think a fast start tonight is going to be absolutely huge for the Irish because um, that raucous atmosphere will be getting going early, and we saw how quickly things deteriorated against Miami last week and that or last year in mm -hmm. that 41-8 loss. I think a, a quick start is is absolutely necessary for this team. Well, and again, it, that's when it's going to be the loudest, so they're going to yeah. have to address that right away. And if they can fight through that and kind of silence the crowd or at least calm them down a little, then I think it will help. One Irish player who knows all about Virginia Tech is safety Jalen Elliott. He's from Virginia. Both his parents graduated from Virginia Tech, and that's where they met, and he attended games at Lane Stadium growing up. It's uh, it's unlike a lot of the, the stadiums in the country. Um, you know, their fans are tremendous. Their atmosphere is tremendous. And 
them walking out the same man has been a tradition for a while. And so when they come out to that, their fans definitely get excited and uh, it should be fun. Does that help having been there before for you to kind of know what it's like as you go into into that type of environment? It gives me some advantages, but it's still the game still has to be played, you know, and so uh, it's still going to be all the fans cheering and not cheering for us. Yeah, they won't. They won't be, and there won't be too many Notre Dame fans. I know they'll be trying to get in there, but there will be a lot of uh, maroon and and orange in there to say the least. And and I think while Jalen knows what it's like, and a lot of his teammates have probably been asking him this week what it's like, um, he's going to have nerves of his own right because he's got a lot of family and friends there. And this is probably one of the most exciting and biggest games he'll play in in his career. Well, and it's so different than being a fan or, you know, being there to watch as compared with being there and have them yelling at you. So I think that, yeah, that's it's going to be exciting. The historic Garth Brooks concert at Notre Dame Stadium is just two weeks away. If you missed out on tickets, there's still a way to get them. Give Venue ND a call and ask about the premium and VIP experiences that are available. Call 574-631-1400 to learn more about premium tickets for the Garth Brooks concert at Notre Dame Stadium on October 20th. All right, one of the big storylines heading into this game is the fact that Notre Dame captain and left guard Alex Bars is now out for the season, tore his ACL and MCL in his knee against Stanford. Here's what Brian Kelly and Sam Mustafer had to say about losing Alex Bars. Devastating yeah. for us because, you know, we're, we're losing a captain uh, and we're losing somebody that is, uh, you know, respected and, and uh revered by so many in the program and this is not just editorial on my part this is more I just feel so bad for the kid because he's he comes back for as a graduate student and then you lose him um we've got other players that'll go in and play and and play at a high level but to lose him uh in his senior year is uh is really hard on us you know you lose an invaluable asset like Alex and you know really for me a close friend um, and I understand how much work and how much time and effort he's put in to become the player that he is and being playing as dominant as he was this season. So obviously it's devastating to see anybody go down like that. Um, but the thing I know about Alex, um, just from knowing who he is, is that he's going to be here every step of the way to help these guys. That was Brian Kelly and Alex and uh, Sam Mustafer on Alex Bars being out for the season. Uh, he. Bars has been playing great. He's their best offensive lineman. This is this is a huge loss. Well, you know, his physical presence is one thing, but also, as they said, his leadership, um, and it's tough. I mean, injury, no matter how much you're around, it, you just uh, have to fight through it, a lot of stuff. <laughs> and, and the offensive line's a unique position in that those guys are really close. So they really do lean on each other uh, in the success of everything – that we watch on offense really comes down to those five guys and how they work together. Well, and Trevor Rulin will make his second career start tonight at left guard. He'll be playing alongside Liam Eichenberg, who's making his sixth career start, and you're in that hostile environment. So that, to your point about the loud noise and making those checks, that's going to be tough for that left side of the offensive line. This is an incredible situation they're put into. It would have been nice to have been home for a couple games to get uh, Rulin, uh, you know, ready to go for this situation. This is not going to be easy here tonight for them. No, and Rulin has experience. You know, he's an older guy that's been in the program, but like you said, uh, 
it's going to be interesting just to see what happens. And then even with the experience that he had just last week, Stanford did a lot of three-man line, uh, so he wasn't really covered. And with Bud Foster, you're going to get about every look on defense, so he will have somebody lined up over him a couple times, and it'll just be interesting to see how he uh, responds. I mentioned Eichenberg. He will be our Focus on Faith guest later on in the show. And one of the other things to note is Notre Dame's injuries starting to pile up. This is their fifth season-ending injury. Uh, you had Sean Crawford, Myron Tagliova, Mosa, Jermanian Franklin, and Jeremiah Mosa Coroma. So, uh, you know, they got all the hardest names out on the <laughs> DL uh, right now. And then Drew Tranquil has a broken bone in his hand, but he will play with a small cast. Running back Jafar Armstrong is out until the bye week with a knee infection. And running back Tony Jones Jr. has a high ankle sprain. But Brian Kelly said he is good to go, and they need him tonight. But they also need another big game out of Dexter Williams. 161 yards, career high, and 21 carries in his season debut last week. Here's what Dexter had to say about taking the very first carry of the season for him for a touchdown after having to sit out the first month of the year. Uh, it was just an amazing feeling just being in that end zone, just hearing the crowd roar, just being able to celebrate with my teammates. It's a feeling that I, ha I haven't had in a long time. So just to get that feeling, just to celebrate with them and my coaches and my teammates, it was just one of the best feelings ever. And then what was the feeling like after the game when, when you get to celebrate? <laughs> it was even a better feeling just being out there and just being able uh, – because well, I, we haven't beat Stanford since I've been here. So just to – Put the icing on the cake and just be able to beat them boys. It was just an amazing feeling. And just to do it with my brothers is even better. Thank you for bringing this offense. Um, just that spark, you know, um, just that spark. I have to be that spark for my teammates. I have to be the one who comes in and gets everyone hyped. That's why they call me the juice, man. I have to be able to keep them going, keep them rallied up, have to keep them uh, just on their toes. We can't never settle for less. We always got to want more. That's why they call me the juice, man. <laughs> You know what? That's the type of guy you need to beat Virginia Tech tonight. Oh, he's explosive. and <laughs> What a character. I mean, yeah, he. you can tell that he gives the juice. He, he uh, provides that spark. He is so explosive. I think the big challenge is just now can he become a, a every down back or can he do it multiple times? With that much energy, he's going to have to be able to bring it time and time and time again. And, and will the offensive line be able to continue to protect and make sure that he has the space and Tony Jones Jr. has the space considering the fact that Bars is out. That's going to be another big factor. That's the other big challenge for this offensive line. Can they continue to, to open up those holes for the running backs? Well, and we also have the strength of Virginia Tech being their uh, defense and special team, so it's going to be quite a challenge. Yeah, fourth best rush defense in the country. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Hope you enjoyed last night's battle between Marion and Mishawaka in our Tire Rack Game of the Week next Friday. Believe it or not, it's the regular season finale. St. Joe hosting Adams on senior night for the Tribe. Notre Dame FCU's tailgate talk gets you started at 6 p.m. with the Tire Rack Game of the Week at 7 p.m. every Friday here on 95.7 FM. Time for a timeout. When we return, we turn our attention to the quarterback, Ian Buck. Oh, remember him? We actually haven't talked about the quarterback yet, and we will after this timeout. He's been incredible so far for Notre Dame. Explains how he patiently waited his turn, and center Sam Musfer tells us what makes Book stand out. That's next on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Auto loans from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can save you money. Why? Because the whole purpose of a credit union is to save you money. Catholic-inspired credit unions put faith into action. Pope John Paul II called them one of the church's most significant concrete achievements. 
Now it's easier than ever to be a part of this. All you need is a phone. You already share our values. Why not share in our savings? For a better auto loan or refinance from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, call 844-230-6611. You deserve more from your workout, more than sweating away extra pounds. It should transform you from the inside out with technology to prove you're improving and coaches that give you more tough love. You want more results, more confidence, more community, and more energy. Because the more you do at Orange Theory, the more you get out of life. Orange Theory Fitness. Go to orangetheory.com for a free workout. Be sure to follow Redeemer Radio on social media. On Twitter, it's at 957sports. On Facebook, search for Redeemer Radio 95.7 Sports. We have the latest on not only Notre Dame, but the high school front each and every day. Andre DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you from the 95.7 Studios, just in the shadows of the Golden Dome as we get set for Notre Dame and Virginia Tech tonight in Blacksburg, Virginia. And this is Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays counting you down to that game. And uh, tell you what, Kevin, uh, no better performer really for Notre Dame in the last two weeks than than Ian Book. Uh, when we talked and gave our uh, first quarter of the year report, a lot of it was down on the Irish, even though that they were 3-0. and And suddenly, if we're giving that report right now, We'd be really happy, and Ian Book is the biggest reason why, because he has totally changed this offense and has fans thinking again, oh, maybe, oh, maybe, this is possible to be that special season. Yeah, it could be a special season. The thing that he does best uh, is get the ball and distribute it to all the different weapons on offense. So now those big wide receivers really are a threat. You have uh, Mac, the tight end, again, huge benefit of being able to have uh, short to intermediate passes thrown. And then it also opens up back up the run game. So you're able to do so much more with the, uh, the whole offense. You get to see its power. In his two starts, Book is 49 of 67 for 603 yards, six touchdown passes, no interceptions, three rushing touchdowns. His completion percentage in those two games, 73%. By the way, Brandon Wimbush was 55% in the first three games. 73%. I think Notre Dame fans would be ecstatic if he's at 60%. 73%. That's electric right now. Well, you know, Notre Dame fans, now they're talking about the Heisman already. (laughs) But in all seriousness, he's a really good player. Some of the things um, that he does really well are really instinctive. Like there was uh, an edge blitzer or a pass rusher that should have technically been on his blind side. Somehow he picked it up in the Stanford game, did a little bit of like a semi-roll and, you know, gained ground. And again, he's not as fast as Brandon Winbush in the straight-ahead run game. But he is elusive, and he's fast enough to get away. Book is from Northern California. Last Saturday, he put on a clinic against the class of Northern California football in Stanford. 24 of 33, 278 yards, four touchdown passes. Also had 15 carries for 47 yards in that game. On Wednesday, I asked Book, what have the last two weeks been like for him? I mean, it's a dream come true. I've always wanted to play college football, and to be able to play here has been awesome. Um... Obviously, last Saturday was a night I'll never forget, but uh, the, the weeks move fast here, so, you know, got to celebrate a little bit Saturday night with the guys and had a, had a good time, and, you know, Sunday morning, you got to switch your mindset and start thinking about Virginia Tech, so it's fun. How did you stay patient 
during all this? Because obviously you had the great game in the Citrus Bowl, but then Brandon gets to be the starter. How did you stay patient and willing to wait your turn? It was just another thing I was trying to focus on. Um, for a long time I've been saying I've been trying to prepare like I'm the starter since I've gotten here. And uh, when it's my time, you know, make, it'll make it that much better. And, uh, you know, it really sucked to not be ready if your name was called. And it was just something I focused on since the day I stepped, I stepped on, on campus as a freshman. I, I like the way he said that. It would really suck to not be ready if your name's called. It, that makes sense. It, it would. You know, you, you, you can be upset in the background, not ready to go, you know, feel like you, you deserve to be out there. But if you didn't prepare and all of a sudden you do get out there, you're not going to make the most of that opportunity to prove that everyone was wrong. Well, and you only get so many opportunities in life. Like you said, he got uh, a chance to come to Notre Dame and chose knowing that they did have a quarterback with experience, or at the very least, every year they're going to have a top-rated quarterback that's going to come into battle. So I think he has that confidence. And, of course, so the question is, is Brandon Wimbush staying engaged? Because he's one play away from being back in the game. So hopefully he is able to stay engaged, and hopefully he's looking to what Book was able to do in being patient that Wimbush is as well, because they will probably need Wimbush at some point uh, the rest of the way. We we kind of know that's the way this works. Yeah, they he... – Again, the backup quarterback's a tough role because mentally you have to be prepared. Book obviously had the right attitude, and hopefully uh, Brandon, in dealing with disappointments, also going to be ready if we need him. All right, I was trying to pinpoint what's the best word to describe Ian Book's personality. Um, you know, he comes in post game and he just smiles to the media. And he's like, "Let's do it." You know, he's got that 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 personality that kind of fits. So uh, I asked uh, Captain Sam Mustfer um, um, what is the best word to describe Book's personality. He's just got a swagger about him, really. Um, he's a baller. That's all he wants to do. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who, you know, he, he's undersized very clearly. Um, and I'm sure people have told him that his entire life. And he, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. And you talk about the plays he make, made last week, you know, throwing across his body and having thrown that dart into the end zone or just that little shovel pass at the end of the game in order to get the first down and ice the game. I mean, you know, the kid loves ball, and he, he's not really concerned about what everybody else is saying, the other voices. He's only re really concerned about not letting this team down. Swagger, I think that was the right word. Uh, he does have a, a swagger about him. I saw that firsthand at the Citrus Bowl. I mean, he – and we talked about this on the opening show – you know, two days before the Citrus Bowl, knowing the media knew he was going to play in the game because we, we didn't get to see any of practice down there. And he knew he was going to play most likely at some point in the game. And he gets up there on a zip line and he's zip lining <laughs> down with some area kids during a, a, a kids clinic. No fear. Brian Kelly after the game was like, wait, what did he do? But he had no fear. He had this swagger about, yeah, I'm going to go out here and have some fun with the kids. Why not? Um, that's an incredible trait to have as a quarterback at this high level of, of a place like Notre Dame, isn't it? Well, and, you know, charisma, swagger, that confidence, um, and also just living in the moment, moment, you know, whether it's getting up on a zip line and letting it rip and having fun with kids or going into Blacksburg and giving them your best shot. Well, and then also his ability, his accuracy, um, as Mustafa pointed out, the way he was throwing the football and how he can get that ball into such tight pockets. I mean, how many times last week or two weeks ago did we go, oh, that's going to be an interception? And then it was a perfectly placed ball.
Yeah, and he gives he gives his receivers a chance to make a catch, but also do something with the ball after. Yeah, and we we've seen that Alize Mack you mentioned two weeks mm-hmm. ago, and then Miles Boykin had the breakout game last week, um, and, and had a fantastic effort with a career high in receptions. So so we're definitely seeing how uh, Ian Book can get the Irish going. Now here's the question for you: um, This is a totally different thing tonight. We, we talked about this atmosphere and the hostile environment. Yeah, he played a road game at Wake Forest. That ain't hostile. He might as well played a Notre Dame two weeks ago because there's probably more Notre Dame fans in the stands than the, there were Wake Forest fans. This is going to be different tonight because not everyone is going to be here, be able to hear him like you mentioned uh, in, in the beginning. And he didn't play well in the Miami game last year. He came in and he threw some interceptions. So uh, this is going to be his toughest test of the year as well. Well, and it's going to be how they – obviously set up to practice and what systems they have in place. If if they do use a lot of words, then maybe they have to switch to a different way. Signals, hand signals, whatever it is. Um, but they're going to have to put him in a position to, to use his skills. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. When you open up an Elevate membership at Notre Dame FCU, you'll get $50 in your new account and another $50 for an eligible nonprofit like a Catholic high school, a parish, or even Redeemer Radio. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. All right, coming up next, it's our Focus on Faith segment with offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg. He explains how a church retreat in high school helped guide him to Notre Dame. That's next on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturday. There's a saying that one man's trash is another man's treasure. So during your next spring cleaning, consider donating that vehicle you don't drive anymore to Redeemer Radio. It's a great tax deduction and even better way to fuel Catholic programming across Northeast Indiana and Michiana. Just click on Donate My Car at RedeemerRadio.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's 866-628-CARS. Nicholas J. Salon and Spa on Eddy Street Commons, the ultimate salon experience. Whether it's a basic men's haircut, an everyday women's cut and color, a spa afternoon, or your wedding day, Nicholas J. Salon believes total beauty is within us all. Call Nicholas J. and Aveda Concept Salon today at 574-233-0700 or visit them on Eddy Street Commons. Welcome back. Welcome back to Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. We are presented by Orange Theory Fitness, voted the best one-hour full-body workout in the country. I went to Orange Theory on Monday, burned nearly 800 calories in one hour. Started on the rower for 15 minutes, then went to the weight room. Uh, my arms are still feeling that. And finished up on the treadmill, all of it as part of a group workout while also getting the personal attention from a great trainer if you need it. Orange Theory Fitness, located at Heritage Square in Granger, your first workout is free. The Irish offensive line will get a workout tonight against the incredible Virginia Tech defense that is ranked fourth in the country against uh, the run game. And one of the big storylines entering tonight, as we've talked about, is left guard and captain Alex Bars being out for the season with a torn ACL. Trevor Rulin will make his second career start tonight. That puts the pressure on left tackle Liam Eichenberg as well. He'll make just his sixth career start in that hostile environment. And Kevin, obviously, as, as we talked about, you have two inexperienced players on the left side of the offensive line and when for for Eichenberg he's now the experienced guy at start number six but he hasn't played in an environment like this 
Yeah, and there's a lot of communication that goes on, so the crowd noise will be a factor. Now, with the close proximity of the linemen, they can usually hear each other, but um, it's going to be it's going to be an intense challenge for them. Eichenberg is trying to make the most of the opportunities in front of him because before this season, he hadn't gotten to do much of anything in his first two years, being passed on the depth chart a year ago by Robert Hainsey, who's a year younger than him. But through faith and family, Eichenberg kept working, and it's now paying off. Here's our conversation and focus on faith. You know, most linemen here in Notre Dame redshirt their first year, and obviously you went through that process, but then came last year an opportunity maybe to, to start on the line that you thought going into the year, and it didn't go your way. Um, how, how difficult was last season for you seeing uh, another classmate and, and a, a younger player uh, pass you on the right side of the line? Um, you know, it was very difficult. Uh, one of the things that I was thought about, especially going into the spring, is, uh, all right, it's either between Tommy Kramer and I. And uh, came out of the spring, and we started heading into fall, and it basically ended up Rob Hainsey and Tommy Kramer ended up rotating. And, uh, you know, that was tough. I, I hurt myself in the spring. I got hurt. My, I hurt my back. And uh, obviously, especially from my point of view, and I looked back on it, and I didn't put enough time into it. You know, I didn't, I didn't put enough dedication. I cared about other things at the time, and I really should have focused on getting my head in the playbook, you know, doing some extra drills. And uh, it definitely, you know, I don't want to say I'm happy that that happened, but it kind of got me in gear for the next spring, you know, for this, for, for this past spring. And, uh, you know, I dedicated more time to it. I understood what I had to do, and, uh, you know, it showed. You know, I, I ended up coming out of the spring. I, wrote, I started rotating at right tackle, and then came out of the spring at left tackle. And then uh, I've been there since. But, uh, you know, it's, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, I would say. You know, I, I felt more comfortable at left tackle, and at the same time I had the opportunity to learn behind Mike McGlinchey, and at the same time Quentin Nelson was right there too. So, I mean, it definitely benefit, benefited me a lot, you know. Mentally, how did you get through that hurdle, though? Um, you know, mentally, it was kind of, you know, I kind of I talked to my parents, you know, um, talked to my parents about it a lot. It kind of it was one of those things that kind of just, like, ate away at me, you know, because I, I thought I could, I mean, I knew and I thought I could be doing what, what these guys were doing out there. But, I mean, there's, there's reasons for everything, you know, and uh, it's just how it was. Talking with Liam Eichenberg, starting left tackle for the Notre Dame football team on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. August arrives, and, and you're the guy at, at left tackle. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to you uh, the week before, two weeks before. Um, there may not have been someone that was more excited for week one. Yeah. How anxious were you for that first game, and how much fun was it when you finally hit that field as a starter? Uh, you know, I was very anxious to get out there. You know, I waited two and a half years to finally start a football game here. Um, you know, amongst the offensive line here, it's it takes time. You know, you, you don't expect to come in and start. You know, I redshirted my freshman year. But, uh, you know, once I got out there, I was a little bit stressed out the first quarter. But after the first quarter, I just I got in my groove and I just started playing ball. You know, it was fun. And uh, it was definitely a feeling that, I mean, I continue to have and continue to, continue to love, you know, going out there, um, dominating blocks, you know, having this team be successful. At the end of the day, that's that's the most important thing. And if I can do anything um, to help that, you know, that, that's that's my own goal. You're listening to Notre Dame FCU's tailgate talk. Notre Dame offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg is our guest on our Focus on Faith segment. Uh, grew up in a in a Catholic family. Just uh, how how much did faith play a role in your in your daily life growing up? 
Um, you know, it was very important. My parents uh, took us to Mass every week. Um, I went to PSR when I was younger. I actually didn't go to a Catholic grade school, though. But uh, up until eighth grade, I was in public school, and then my parents decided to send me to St. Ignatius for high school. Um, you know, I had religion class every day, um, school masses, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it was great. And uh, that was one of the reasons I came here. And uh, my junior year, my school, uh, I mean, my school and I, I was lucky to uh, attend a Kairos retreat. You know, it was, it was a time for me to step back from everything and kind of think about and pray about what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. And I kind of, you know, I kind of found myself. And I, I, found, and I found that Notre Dame was a choice for me. It was kind of, I mean, it just, cause, it, it just wasn't because it was a Catholic university, but at the end of the day, it played a major role, you know. And especially coming from St. Ignatius, Catholic High School in Cleveland, you know, majority of my theology department uh, there loved Notre Dame, Notre Dame flags all over the place. Um, definitely played big impact. What did you learn about yourself uh, on that retreat? You know, I mean, I was probably 17, 17, 18 years old, and I kind of realized that, you know, what I want now may not be what I want, would have wanted in 40 years, you know. And I kind of I kind of realized that, at the end of the day, Notre Dame is best for my future, you know. And at the same time, I realized, like, I mean, obviously, how like for me, how important my family is, and and how like distance is, and uh, how important that was for my family to come to my games. And then, obviously, we talked about your your, I don't want to say struggles, but how how difficult the last two and a half years were for you in terms of waiting your turn. Did did your faith help you guide you through that as well? Um, you know, it definitely played definitely played an important role. Um, especially from, you know, I, I prayed every night. Um, you know, it just wasn't, just wasn't for that. It was just for, to have like next great day and like to improve, you know? And I mean, sometimes when you, when you go through struggles, you just need, you need to talk to God, you know, you need to pray and then, you know, just keep praying. That's, that's what my mom says, just pray for it, you know? And so that's what I was, that's what I was doing. And, uh, I definitely think it, uh, impacted the result. Notre Dame left tackle Liam Eichenberg is our guest on Notre Dame FCU's tailgate talk of you faced some obstacles and now comes another obstacle with the loss of of one of the the real good guys on this team in Alex Bars. Um, how difficult and devastating was that last week when you guys found out uh, you were going to lose Alex for the season? Uh, you know, especially being out there and uh, you know I, I didn't I didn't specifically see what happened, but I went back and watched the film. Um, you know, we're, we're just can't describe losing a fifth-year captain amongst offensive line. You know, one of my one of my closest brothers, one of my best friends. Um, you know, we just can't describe how we as a unit and we as a team feel for him. You know, and it's just, I mean, he, he was just not a football, just not a great football player. He's a great guy, and you, you never wish that upon someone. You know, and uh, I said to someone else, you know, I, I wish I could give him my leg. You know just because I have two more years left. And uh, especially for him coming back for a fifth year, you know, you, you never wish that on him. But I, I know that this is only going to be a minor, minor setback, and he's, he's going to be back, and he's, he's going to be very successful the rest of his life. I know you don't have to fill his position, but it's on your side of the line. So does, do you feel like now you have to take your game to the next level to, to make sure that the line is still playing to the level you guys need it to be for the rest of the season? Um, you know, I definitely, I definitely do. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, every week I try to improve, you know. But uh, whoever steps in there, I, be, I believe it's going to be Trevor Ruan. He's a guy who he knows what he's doing. Um, he's been around ball for four years. He's a senior. 
Um, he sees defense as well. He, he knows our offense possibly better than some of the guys who've been here longer, you know. And uh, I think it's great him stepping in there. He communicates well. Um, I just think, I mean, I, I'm, I've got most confidence in Trevor Lewin when he steps in there. But uh, at the same time, it's going to be different, you know, not playing next to Alex. And uh, you kind of get in a groove with someone. But uh, we've been getting in that groove this week. So I'm, I'm excited, and he's excited too. Saturday comes another obstacle, hostile environment at, in Blacksburg. How much are you looking forward to it to play in a hostile environment for the first time? You know, ever since the uh, Miami, uh, the Miami Florida game, when I uh, traveled down there, I obviously wasn't playing in it. But uh, going down there, being in the environment, you know, it's electric. There's no other words that describe it. Um, but at the same time, we've been preparing for that environment. Um, some teams go in there, like our team last year, went in there and weren't prepared. You know, weren't prepared for the sound, for the uh, crowd noise, just the volume, um, being able to communicate amongst offensive line and uh, the offense. And uh, we've definitely been focusing on making sure that we understand the situation that we're going into. How motivating was that for this group right now to kind of prove the doubters all wrong at Virginia Tech Saturday night? Um, you know, it's definitely, definitely been a driving force for this week. Um, you know, especially for us as offensive line, you know, some some have said that like last year against Miami, obviously uh, they said that we didn't didn't have a great game, you know, and like some blame it on the offensive line. And so for us, it's kind of going out there, playing well, so that we we make those guys from last year proud. You know, it's kind of like I said um, earlier to someone, uh, our our head strength coach and Coach Kelly have said. Since that Miami loss, we've been preparing for this game. You know, it's, it's very similar situations. You know, we're a high-ranked team, and uh, we're excited. You know, our, our team's excited. We're, uh, we're ready. That is Notre Dame starting left tackle Liam Eichenberg on our Focus on Faith segment. Um, he doesn't really hold back. Kind of puts things in perspective and pretty honest kid, isn't he? Yeah, I think, again, another mature young man, somebody we could be proud of. I, I thought it was neat that he talked about the closeness of the offensive line unit. And then, you know, faith, family, and football. Football does teach some good life lessons. Being able to deal with disappointment and having faith and fighting through challenges and being patient sometimes is one of the hardest challenges uh, for any young man or any person. Yeah, we, we, we talked about that last segment with Ian Book, staying patient. Obviously, Liam Eichenberg had to stay patient as well. And I, I wrote down on my notes, just keep praying which was what his mom told him to remind him of uh, during that time. So thanks to Liam Eichenberg for being our guest this week on Focus on Faith. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today. Coming up right after us, Lenny DiLorenzo, the McGrath Institute for Church Life, is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Time for our final timeout. When we return, we break down the matchup between the Irish and the Hokies, give our keys to the game and predictions. You're listening to Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio 95.7. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Hey, football fans. This is Steve Pizarro 
from Cresting Everett Real Estate. If you're considering buying or selling your home, then listen up and visit southbendsteve.com. Just like in football, the excellence is in the execution. So forget the stress of buying or selling a home and call me today at 574-229-4040. That's 229-4040. So remember, Steve Bizarro, your Michigan real estate expert, and visit southbendsteve.com. Our job is to handle the environment and go in and play really good football. Um, if we do that and handle the environment, handle ourselves and our preparation, um, we'll be in pretty good shape. If we can't handle the environment, we can't prepare the right way this week because we're distracted because everybody's telling us how great we are, um, then we'll be, uh, we'll be in big trouble. But uh, this team's shown a, an ability to prepare the right way, a maturity to stay away from the distractions. That's Notre Dame football coach Brian Kelly on the mindset the Irish must have tonight in a hostile environment at Virginia Tech. 821 kickoff in Blacksburg. The Irish are 1-9 in their last 10 row games against top 25 opponents. Uh, but again, Virginia Tech 0-6 at home against top 25 opponents in their last six games. They haven't won at home against the top 25 team since 2009. Welcome back to Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you in our stretch run here. And Kevin, we cannot emphasize that enough. But again, the thing that's on the mind of every Irish fan is, hey, I was believing this time last year. It was actually a little <laughs> bit later in the year. But the last time they were in this situation, walking into a hostile environment, Irish fans believe so much and then Miami obliterated Notre Dame 41 to 8 now you gotta see whether or not it's different did they I don't even know if it's learn your lesson I don't even know if that's the right phrase I don't know what it is so you're you've been a lifelong coach what is it what what did they have to learn or take away or what did they have to do this week to really be prepared for this game tonight well, they have to look at their system and how they operate. I mean, there may be some things that they have to change to be able to deal with that loud environment, some communication things, some things that happen on the field um, that make offenses run. And then the loud environment's one thing, but we are talking about a Virginia Tech defense whose whole program is based on defense and special teams, and they have one of the best uh, defensive coordinators in the country in Bud Foster. Yeah, I mean, quite the challenge, especially in that loud environment. But is Ian Book intimidated by what Bub Foster's going to throw his way? Huh, of course not. Virginia Tech's got a great defense. It's going to be a really fun night. They're going to run a lot of things, and I think that's going to make it. That's what's going to make it fun. You know, we got to be. You know, we got to be smart. We got to be on our details. We got to know what they're running, and um, I think it's fun though that they're going to go out there and uh, run some different looks that we may not have seen this year, and. Uh, you know, it's going to be a good atmosphere, and I think we'll be ready. And, you know, I know all the guys are confident on the offensive side of the ball. Virginia Tech has the fourth-best rush defense in the country. They're giving up just 2.5 yards per carry. That could put the pressure on Ian Book because uh, he might have to pass a lot more if the run game is not going to be as efficient as it's been the last few weeks. Well, and it the, the one positive, I guess, is that the Virginia Tech defensive players are young, but that coach, Bud Foster, he's old and he's really experienced. <laughs> um, you know, when I was a football coach, they were some of the people that I really, really 
I loved. I remember saving up 200 bucks for a Bud Foster playbook on defense and special teams. Um, we even had him when I was a Ball State coach as kind of a guest lecturer just for his blitz packages alone. So he he's it's interesting. It's he's aggressive. Uh, he's really creative. Just to give you an example, the strong safety Reggie Floyd has 27 tackles. He has 6.5 tackles for loss at strong safety. Sounds a little bit like our number 11 Gilman. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty <laughs> impressive to say the least. Uh, if you're in the market to buy or sell a home, I can't recommend real estate agent Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett enough. A friend recommended recommended Steve to us, and he was so easy to work with and found us a home my wife and I love. So take my recommendation and contact Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett Real Estate at 574-229-4040. You can also learn more about Steve by visiting South Bend Steve. Com. All right, we've talked a lot about Notre Dame's offense versus Virginia Tech's defense. Notre Dame's defense has been great all season long, um, but any concern with Drew Tranquil heading into tonight? Broken bone in his hand as a linebacker. I, I know they'll have, he'll have a small cast. He probably has to kind of just wrap guys around. He's not going to be able to make those one-handed tackles, Brian Kelly said. But um, do you think it can affect him at all in, in his play at the linebacker position? Well, he's been so active this year, and he's one, another one of those adjuster guys that makes a lot of things uh, in their defense actually work schematically. So I think it's going to be a challenge, but they need him out on the field. So if he can just kind of grab on and slow down and wait until the pursuit gets there, that's going to be his best help. And then you mentioned tackles for loss and sacks and everything like that. How about Jerry Tillery last week? Absolutely fantastic. Four sacks in the in the 21-point win over Stanford. Well, and he really just came through huge when they needed him in the uh, second half. And uh, that pass rush was a critical part in putting Stanford away. Virginia Tech's offense led by quarterback now Ryan Willis replacing the injured Josh Jackson. Willis is 30 of 52, 57.7%. 527 yards passing, four touchdowns, averaging 175 yards per game. Their running back is Stephen Peoples, 302 yards rushing on 55 carries. So he's averaging 5.5 yards per, per carry, and he has five touchdowns. Yeah, and they're usually pretty physical up front. They do a lot of uh, two and three wide receiver uh, formations that really highlight those guys spread out wide. So they're going to try to isolate and get some one-on-one -on -one shots, and they got some playmakers out there. And the wide receiver to watch is Damon Hazelton, 15 catches for 348 yards. He also has four touchdowns this season. I, I feel like we're not talking about Virginia Tech's offense too much. I don't, I don't feel like they're necessarily the strength of this team, but um, certainly, especially at home, uh, they could get the job done pretty quickly. And all of a sudden, if you find yourself in a hole, that'll be a problem because then you're battling back against that Virginia Tech defense. So critical for the, the defensive side of the ball to come on its game right out of the gate as well. Definitely, and that's one of the um, things that the new head coach for Virginia Tech brought was some offensive kind of consistency. <laughs> they were always really up and down, but great defense. So, yeah, it's going to be a four-quarter all-out game in all phases. Again, special teams is going to be critical. Virginia Tech is ranked 24th in the country. They're 3-1. Week 1, they beat then number 19 Florida State 24-3. Um, everyone was like, ooh, ooh, Virginia Tech's a lot better. Then it turns out Florida State's not that good. Uh, week 2, they beat William and Mary 62-17. Sure. Week 3, their game against East Carolina was canceled. Week 4, they lost at Old Dominion 49-35. Old Dominion 0-3 entering that game. That was kind of like... 
their version of the Ball State game, except <laughs> exactly. for they lost. Well, that, and they had the, Old Dominion. That was the best game of those kids' lives. <laughs> After watching that, I was just shocked. Not just because of the upset, but they just kept coming and coming and coming. The emotion kept building and underdog. And then they did bounce back last week, uh, beating number 22 Duke 31-14. So that was a big win for them to kind of get their confidence going back in the right direction after that devastating loss to Old Dominion. Yeah, and Duke's a, a talented program, too. They keep improving. So, it, yeah, it'll be interesting. They're going to be ready tonight. All right, what concerns you most if you're Brian Kelly? Uh, I, I think that road hostile environment, which I believe that they've addressed, and then this is a huge special teams test. Uh, no one's really come after or tried to block um, – Notre Dame's punt. So if and they're known for it, if Virginia Tech gets after a punt block or just all phases of the game, they take it. I don't want to say more serious, but they do a better job of coaching special teams than anyone that I've seen in the country. Yeah, atmosphere is the obvious answer here. Are they ready for it? But specifically, the left side of Notre Dame's offensive line with Trevor Rulin replacing the injured Alex Bars. Will Rulin and Eichenberg be able to handle uh, the loudness uh, that's going to be in play? Uh, what concerns you most if you're just a Justin Fuentes, the head coach of Virginia Tech. Well, the ND defense, you know, their front, their their linebackers, even tranquil with the hurt hand, and the defensive line, um, those guys are really tough up front. And the safety play, again, is so good that they're allowed to be multiple, uh, even though you have good wide receivers on the outside. I th still think that, um, you know, the ND offense – and their explosive plays, even with the, the new offensive line lineup, that's going to be a concern as well. I think if I'm Virginia Tech, Ian Book's ability to pick you apart, um, go to any open wide receiver. We saw that um, two weeks ago going to Alizé Mack a ton, and then last week going to Miles Boykin a ton. Um, Boykin had 11 catches for 144 yards last week. I think that's the thing that worries you most because his, with his accuracy, he can just go with whoever's wide open. All right, your, your key to the game. Uh, the, how they handle their uh, hostile environment, the road hostile environment, and then that special teams test, that is going to be critical. And it's a lot of times when some fans may get up and go to the refrigerator, they better lock in for every single play because uh, Virginia Tech will be ready. I'm going to say they have to get off to a fast start. Uh, you cannot fall behind in this game early. Notre Dame has trailed for a total of two minutes all season long. Uh, so that's one factor because they're not used to being behind. But also because... In that environment, they can't be behind considering what happened last year. So they need a fast start. They can't have the start I had to start this show <laughs> where I was reading about Stanford from last week. If they're worried about Stanford, they're going to be in trouble tonight. If they start calling the show tailgate talk and worried about last night, they're going to be in trouble. I did that in this show too. So they got to be on top of things. Also, I'll point out, the magic number is 21. That's the over-under for Notre Dame to win this game because Notre Dame has lost six straight road games when being held to 21 points or fewer. Virginia Tech has won 22 straight games overall when holding their opponent to 21 points or fewer. So keep that magic number of 21 in your head here tonight. All right, I'm fired up. Let's go with our game predictions. What do you got? I think Notre Dame 28, Virginia Tech 14. A 14-point win on road. When they're 1-9 in their last 10 games against top 25 opponents. That's what you're going with, really. Well, I am full of hope. I think this is the year. I think this is a special group. Do I think everybody's playing well. Do you remember what happened last year? Do you remember the <laughs> feeling you had going into the Miami game? I do. I remember the feeling after the Miami game. game and hopefully so do all the Notre Dame players that return.
Um, all right. Um, I thought for sure, in fact, in the preseason, I picked Virginia Tech to win this game. I thought I was definitely picking Virginia Tech to win this game. Um, I don't know exactly what changed my mind, but I'm going with the Irish. Notre Dame, 27. Virginia Tech, 23. Um, I feel like hey, they lost to Old Dominion. Notre Dame's got to win this game. This is a game that is absolutely critical. So, uh, wow. I, I, I don't know what to expect, though. I'm looking forward to this one. What do you think? You're looking forward to it? You ready to go? Oh, yeah. I'm fired up. It's going right. to be great. All right. That'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Our show also presented today by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger. Voted the best one-hour full-body workout. Thanks to our audio operator today, Behind the Glass, Jeremy Pete. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Virginia Tech will kick off at 8.21 p.m. coming up tonight. We close our show this morning with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame Mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game.